Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. With over 20 years in healthcare, Dr. Gray is a doctor of oriental medicine and holistic physician fusing Eastern and Western healing. Dr. Gray is on staff at Jupiter Medical Center and in private practice with an office in Jupiter, Florida, where he resides. Dr. Gray enjoys being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Baden-Baden, Germany, and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and Biarritz, France. He is co author of several books on food therapy and the founder of the annual Star Summit Talks at the Norton Museum of Art in Palm Beach, Florida. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, quality living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Thank you for joining us. And as always, we have a wonderful guest for you, um, hopefully enhancing knowledge and uh, insight and um, helping you out with you, yourself, your health, your loved ones. Um, today we have uh, Dr. Decker Knight with the Mayo Clinic, and we're talking about Ehlers-Danlos. Dr. Knight, thank you for joining us. Yes, we're glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, and I know we're, we're limited on the time we have you for, but I, I really appreciate you joining us. I know that you've been doing a lot in this area of disease. It's a syndrome, and it's kind of on the rise, and I thought, man, let me reach out to one of the experts, and you were so kind to take this call. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience with Ehlers-Danlos. How would you classify it to someone who has no idea what we're talking about right now? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a good question, and it is a big growing question because it is starting to get more recognition recently. Uh, but what we're talking about is we're, we're talking about genetic conditions that affect the connective tissue. So connective tissue meaning all those structural parts in your body, your skin, your bones, your ligaments, et cetera. And Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is one among many different types. There's also things like Marfan syndrome and the other rare things. The key features of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome are usually related to hypermobility, dislocations. Those are some of the first things. But then what that relates to is widespread chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And then usually these patients have been complaining about pain for you know years at a time, really, and, and has been going undiagnosed. So it's something that some astute clinician somewhere will hopefully recognize that maybe this is related to uh, so dislocations, maybe easy bruising, some and piecing those things together to consider evaluation for Ehlers-Danlos. Yeah. So the the thing is, is uh, the biggest issue with this disease, at least for the uh, few patients that I've come in contact with, encountered care uh, as a physician, is that they don't even know they have it. Their doctors don't even know they have it for quite some time because of the way that it sort of develops, uh, starting for some people, reproductive organs or the digestive tract, uh, motility, issues like that. And, you know, and then, of course, most of the times when we deal with inflammation or pain in the joints and tendons, we look at uh, orthopedic measures. So that's usually dealt with in a whole different realm. So you've got this dysfunction or disjunct, uh, you know, uh, approach to all these um, areas that are no, there's no communication um, until later on there's this chronic level of disease that's now become almost unmanageable and then they're still looking for answers and that's when someone comes to you is that kind of the play exactly right yeah and 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 you're right about these patients not having really been thought about or been told about it. and and so what many patients that I've encountered too have resorted to is doing a lot of research on their own. So, of course, they'll be getting up on WebMD and Google and, and finding out some of these things on their own. So I do have a number of patients that have come in just with a suspicion that maybe this is something that's going on that other doctors have not recognized. 
but there is a, just a multitude of other things that this can be associated with. So and you're also right. When you do sort of the orthopedic evaluations, that can take you in one direction. And, and there can also be somewhat of a silo effect in that some of these specialists who address these might address it within their one area of specialty but not really communicate or think more outside the box broadly of, of how one condition can affect so many other systems where it is really useful to have someone, whether it is a primary care, a family dog, or whoever it is, a generalist, to just kind of piece some of those together. Now, now, how's what you're doing with all the resources granted to you via Mayo Clinic and Access, how, how is what you're doing different than, say, uh, has been done, and, and, and how is it pushing the awareness and also the, the, the care for this disease and this syndrome? Yeah, well, that's why we started our program, because our model of care is already rested on this coordination of specialties. And as my background, I was in internal medicine. That's what we do on a, on a routine basis is we do an initial evaluation and, and see what type of conditions or diagnoses might be affecting patients and where are the other instances where a specialist might be needed. And so we have been practicing by that model previously, and so it fit in very well for this as a chronic, complex medical condition to have patients go somewhere where they can have that in-house coordinated uh, benefit. Now, it's not to say that it's impossible to do anywhere else. Uh, Mayo has been doing it well because they have lots of specialists within one roof, but there are other institutions elsewhere, and, and it's certainly possible. It's just really important to have that communication between the providers. And as long as that's being conducted, it doesn't matter whether you're at Mayo or, or even with your local doctors, as long as they're talking to each other and, and listening to each other, then that can be, also be arranged. I love that. Now, uh, talking to each other and listening to each other, that's, that's the big job, though, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, that's, that's where things have to come together. Now, here's the question, though. In my experience, you know, as a holistic physician, syndromes are generally a collection of uh, symptoms, and then we group them together, and then, then you put it under a name. And, and in this case, it's Ehlers-Danlos, and one of the main symptoms is the hypermobility, joint pain, tendons, um, and then, of course, digestive disorders and reproductivity mm-hmm. until connective tissues, like, I mean, down to the prolapsing of uterus and, and right. you know, rectal, and I mean, just things that you probably wouldn't um, necessarily associate separately, but then together, this is what right. we have. Now, right. when you need to pull in all these different resources and ways of looking at health and wellness, how is that being dealt with? Because I'm assuming there's no one drug or one treatment or one approach. It, it, when you deal with the body on this level, you have to now employ all sorts of different thought processes and mm-hmm. and, and tools from different tool belts, right? So that uh, might sure. mean supplementation of certain things. That might mean collagen. That might mean bone broth. That might mean certain exercises. That might mean steroids or not. I don't know. Right. What what are you looking at? Are you are you versed? in integrative medicine, alternative uh, measures? Yeah, okay. yeah you're, you're right. There's there's a just a multitude of things that could be used potentially with some benefit. And uh-huh. and it's not, you're right, it's not just one medication. And, and maybe we'll get there one day when we have some more, and more, more specific curative therapies, but we're not there. So we have to approach all the symptoms as best we can, really ultimately to keep our patients functional at the end. It's, we're dealing with the most common subtype of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which there are 13 named subtypes. 
the most common one being the hypermobile subtype, the only type that we don't know the genetic cause. So, again, we don't have any curative therapy. We have to deal with the symptoms. And there are treatments that still work despite that, but there's lots of different things that can be used and applied and, and individualized as well because what may benefit one patient may not help the other patient. So it does require that individual attention. But in doing so, when we think about all those things, we know that there's there's not specifically any decreased life expectancy for the one subtype of hypermobile LHCM syndrome or hypermobility spectrum disorder, which is also patients grouped together. Uh, so then we're talking about quality of life and what is it that's going to bring increased quality of life right. for our patients. So right. integrative medicine and all is it, you know, even massage therapy, acupuncture, dry needling, heat mm-hmm. therapy, mm-hmm. You know, lots and lots of things to consider. But that's, that is what we do go through. And it does ultimately take time as well. So right. you just really have to go through this trial and error process and be patient with it and see what works, what doesn't work, what combination of things work. Are you, are you uh, offering those services, this collection of services at Mayo Clinic at present, or is it outsourced? You know, um, and we do. Are, there, are there studies that are now being incorporated with all those services and the results that are being seen? Whether yeah, we do. Yeah, and, and there are studies on that too. So, I mean, yes to both of those questions. Uh, but studies have yet still need to be done on other areas. Like, for example, there's some good studies on exercise and physical therapy. And we do know that there's a very solid base of evidence that those are effective and, and those should be employed really for any patient with hypermobility and, and pain and, or joint dysfunction as a result of that. But there are lots of other things too that we have available here at Mayo that have not been studied thoroughly. But those are things like you know acupuncture and massage therapy, specifically for Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And um, other things, mind-body therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, exercise uh, therapy. Mm-hmm. So all of those, yes, are offered at Mayo. Some have been studied more than others, uh, but certainly uh, the more research we can get and to see if there's what are the improvement in outcomes and all these different types of treatments, then that would be fantastic. I guess uh, one one more thing in in, the, in that form is nutrition. What would you what would you say would be a few things to minimize and avoid or to eat oh, more yeah. of? Yeah, nutrition is a big part of it, and and that's and we do have a dedicated nutritionist who works with our clinic, and for that reason, because the functional gastrointestinal disorders are so common in our patients, and they may be related to specific food intolerance, but they may not be. There may be certain diets that are effective for some patients or others, uh, but some of the key foundations of the elements of uh, nutrition therapy is, one, I mean, getting in uh, those micro and macronutrients despite these functional gastrointestinal disorders because some patients can have a lot of nausea and then and, and vomiting or gastroparesis and things like that so they may have difficulty getting those nutritionists uh, nutritions the, the correct nutrition and so that would really be useful to them to have a one-on-one visit with the nutritionist mm-hmm. other you know, things that have been uh, applied maybe not thoroughly studied yet but you mentioned the bone broth uh, collagen supplementation comes up often uh, we know this as a genetic disorder, so it's not anything that we see the direct link of why collagen supplementation could help because we're dealing with now, you know, uh, a genetic connection of create forming our collagen and, and supplementation where we would essentially digest it. But there, you know, it could be some situations where there's maybe some collagen deficiency where that could be useful. Uh, so yeah, lots of things to think about, but of course. Uh, the key uh, features there being what are the, the what are the gastrointestinal problems, and then how do we make sure that our patients get the right nutrition that they need? Um, with with any any uh, genetic indicators at this point, or any tests that can be done yeah. if there's any questions? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, that's really kind of the holy grail of research in this area right now. And there are some institutes around uh, worldwide that are really focused on this research. So we're doing some of that here in Mayo Clinic, Florida. Uh, there's a, a research lab at Medical University of South Carolina under Chip Norris with Courtney Gensmer, who's doing a lot of great work. And uh, they at least have one candidate gene that may be related to hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Uh, so, yeah, more to come on that. That's very being very actively researched now, but uh, the more information we can get, because really the diagnosis could be coming easier and these patients could be getting treated sooner, and sooner the treatment is started, the better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Thank you so much for that, because, um, you know, one of the main points, too, is if a person, unbeknownst to them, has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and they have to have surgery, um, mm-hmm. uh, their body doesn't respond the same way that other bodies respond. So... It would right. be helpful to know if they have uh, exactly. that going on and before they get into surgical procedure that wouldn't take because their bodies won't mend exactly. the same way. Yeah, that's right. So that's one of the many reasons that this is uh, this research that's happening is, is is so incredible. Thank you oh, for yes. all your work you're doing. I know you're limited on time. I would I would take yeah. more if you had it. And um, yeah. uh, but I think you know to know that uh, all this great work is being done at the Mayo Clinic is we're really fortunate. And it's it's based in Florida. And how do people reach you if they need um, more information? Yeah, so they can go to the website. Uh, there's a number there for scheduling patient services scheduling number on the Mayo Clinic website. You should just go to the, the Florida site. And, uh, yeah, uh, we would uh, love to do as much of the work as we can. So we do have research studies of our own, and, and anyone who is seen in our clinic is, is able to volunteer to be involved in research as well. Right. And then for those of you that are looking for the spelling of this uh, particular uh, name, it's Ehlers, E-H-L-E-R-S dash Danlos, D-A-N-L-O-S. And so if you notice uh, you have a loved one or you yourself are having hypermobility issues, uh, un, you know, just unusual joint and um, tendon issues and ruptures just out of the blue, uh, where sometimes you just don't even have pain and all of a sudden there's a tendon rupture. You know, these are these are some of the um, indicators. And uh, so more research, more knowledge can help us uh, find this earlier and get care earlier. And um, thank you so much again. Yeah, that's Dr. right. And, and to that, the, the Ehlers-Danlos Society, just how you said it's spelling the same thing, you just Google that. They've got excellent resources there. You can find more about all these conditions, conferences you can attend, research, and all those things. They've got great material there on the Ehlers-Danlos yeah. And social Society. media, too. They have a, they have a social right. media presence. So. All righty. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You got it. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. So I'm a big fan of learning from each other, definitely learning from my patients. So I, while I appreciate the physicians that join us on the air, I, I, I'm so honored to have Shelly on the line with us to share her personal experiences, journey, and, of course, struggle with Ehlers-Danlos. Shelly, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate uh, you for taking care of me. Oh well, <laughs> it's you know it's been quite a few years now, and um, I'm always learning from you. You're always so open to share, not only the physical um, experience that you've had with other Stanos, but the emotional and mental, and how it's deeply affected your life for, for now what thirty years. Oh yeah. Well, well, even that I know of, I mean, even back to being a kid, Mm -hmm. I remember my mother um, concerned that I had juvenile arthritis or lupus because of some of the things that I was feeling. 
joint pain, achy all the time. And they just, you know, kind of brush it off as, you know, we got to wait till she goes through the growth spurt. Mm. So, yeah, so it's been a long, long journey, a long struggle, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to say that I'm pretty proud that I'm almost 60 and I've gotten this far with a lot of support from a lot of people. Um, you have gotten this far, uh, you know, with people's support, but it's not been mostly, it hasn't been the doctors per se or the medical uh, field because what I've learned and what I continue to learn as I research this more and more is that it's just not widely accepted or treated as a, as a disease, as a, as a full right. disease. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate your, that acknowledgement because um, even starting back uh, in the late eighties and nineties, they, made it feel, made me feel like um, it was all in my head. Like these pains were just chronic fatigue and, you know, it wasn't, uh, fibromyalgia wasn't a, a real thing back then. No. no. Um, and, you know, then, you know, I had a lot of gastric issues and at this stage in the game, I'm, I'm realizing that all those emotional struggles were real. And nobody knew what to do with it. And, you know, I, I came to find that through, you know, different MDs, but a lot has been holistic. It's been Ayurvedic. It's been, you know, trial and error. Yeah. With the initial complaints that you had, which you said joint pain, these sort of uh, things that you experienced, then the gastric pain, discomfort, malfunction. So it's not wasn't just pain, but it was malfunction, correct? Correct. Yeah, and that in was fact, one of the early stage issues. So t talk about that a little bit because it, it, the, it, when it starts to couple, right, when they start to accumulate, that's when this gets like, hey, let's let's investigate whether or not we are experiencing Ehlers-Danlos. So let's talk about that sort of transition from um, early stage joint pain to gastric issues and then okay. reproductive. Those are, those are kind of the transition. All, yeah. <laughs> right. So um, funny enough, I was having a conversation with uh, a couple people just in the recent week, and I am not afraid to say that I was um, thought to have had a, um, an eating disorder. And I kept telling people that I eat, but I'm losing weight, and I or I eat and I don't feel good. Or so there's a motility issue in people with Ehlers-Danlos because um, I'm hypermobile. So my gut gets hypermobile. All the tendons and all the slippery, um, uh, you know, uh, inside of your mouth, whatever you feel, they, like that's what I'm missing is the collagen that gives me muscle tone. Mm. And so I things will tend I, to sit and instead of moving along the pathway of the intestines, they'll sit in pockets, right? Correct. Okay. So all this time I was, I would feel horrible. They thought that this was an eating disorder and then we tried to, I was married in 89 and, you know, we tried to get pregnant and 
that wasn't working either. We tried everything. And I had um, endometriosis, and then, you know, the tendons uh, holding my uterus were not healthy, and they were, the doctor said, even if we could get you pregnant, you may not be able to carry it. Because those, the, 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 all the tissue and the supportive tendons yeah. and all of that would stretch supportive beyond. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So prolapse so, is the word that comes to mind. Um, right. Yeah. E- yes. And so even when I, um, into my 40s, I was still having problems. That's when I, you know, wasn't able, we finally said, hey, you know, do you, would you like to have a child? Or, and at, still at this point, we didn't know about the Ehlers-Danlos. So I, I believe my first rheumatology as an adult was probably in the early 90s. And, you know, he said, you know, this is not what it looks like to me. This looks something different, like something different. When he started adding everything up, he said things are either immobile or and not moving properly, meaning like my gut or I had like really uh, tight um, muscles, so I needed a massage. Um, I didn't present any arthritis, so um, it was like, let's look at what it's something else. You know, it could be. So much of the medical field is almost like a process of elimination, whereas Ehlers-Danlos becomes a process of accumulation. (laughs) It's, you know, and and I'm not laughing at all. It's just it's just this realization that this disease is a process of accumulation uh, in order to narrow it down to what it is. And unfortunately, it's the patients that are doing a lot of the detective work because you're the one that has to go to all these different specialists. And it's only now that there is this, there are departments at places like Mayo Clinic that have Correct. someone looking at this as a, a whole piece, a whole, you know, putting the whole puzzle together to make this. When you um, finally accepted all of this and you started to find out that there was no real comprehensive treatment for it, can you share with our listeners, and, and this is this is key, some of the daily regimens and things that have held true for you over the last 30-plus years of dealing with this? So if I was talking to uh, my younger self, I would have hoped that they would have advised me to keep my muscles toned hmm. so that they wouldn't slip out of joint. So when I subluxed, an elbow, I tore those tendons and they heal, but they're not going to be 100%. So one of the things that I find I can't get enough is protein, healthy protein. Okay. And whatever you need, um, you would would be able to advise me or uh, myself uh, and you have about what keeps a muscle toned Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. what's healthy, what what creates a healthy muscle. One of the things you had um, shared with me are some of these um, omegas, the omega-7, the buckthorn, and, um, of course, um, adding Mm -hmm. sea buckthorn Mm -hmm. and um, CoQ10 or coenzyme in a B-complex. And, you know, um, I always... I always go back to the C's and the uh, magnesiums. Yeah. 
um, because the achiness and the muscle needs health. And I don't know how, the other thing with Ehlers-Danlos is how much of this is getting absorbed. Right, right. So Because collagen plays into hormones, our digestion, Mm -hmm. everything, our brain cells. So it's really our lack of having collagen production. Yes. So you have to find, it's important to find a holistic team along with your medical team. Um, And there's also a wonderful, uh, as as we close, I kind of have to point out that there's a wonderful social media uh, reference that you turned me on to, the Ehlers-Danlos Society, I believe. Yes. Yeah, that's that's been really helpful in uh, keeping uh, me up with the current trends and news. Also, I think you've done well with homeopathic injections. That seems to be something to look for someone like that wherever you are. Uh, acupuncture and all of that. So it, it it can be emotional. There are times when we have sat together and it's just been about talking and working things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. you de- definitely want people in your life that understand that and will listen to the emotional part of this because it's not just a physical disease. Um, there are things that, you know, you want to do that sometimes you just can't do. And it really... Right touches you deeply and it touches your loved ones and and your partners deeply. And, um, you know, thank you for being so open about this. I I hope everyone will take some of this and continue to share and continue to talk and and not be bashful or shy about it because it's, it's increasing for whatever reason, be it environment, lack of nutrients and food, any number of things. Um, They like to chalk everything up into uh, genetics, but I'm thinking, like you said, there are things right. we can That's, do. There are things we can do, right? I've never been genetically tested because there's never been, unless my heart was involved and I had yeah. that type, it, that would have been the only reason. But I do appreciate that you're uh, sharing this with people so that they are aware that all these multiple things are not all in your head. Right. It does get to your psyche because my birth certificate says one age, but I am much older inside, and mm. so are those suffering with Ehlers-Danlos. Mm. Thank you, Shelley. Well, this has been Thank another you. Maximum Health Quality Living, brought to you in part by Vel Health. Uh, the Vel Health app is a wonderful resource, helps you to journal, keep track of things, and learn new ways to deal with many ailments. Download Vel Health today. See you next time. <laughs>